Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Simon Coles. Well, today, what does God want to say to us? Let's just to set our hearts on that connection. We've heard some things, but this morning I really believe God wants to say something specific to us, to each one of us. Your life matters. It mattered enough for him to send his son to die for you. So, Father, I just thank you today that we hear what you, you have on your heart for us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we're encouraged, we're challenged, Father, and we respond to everything that you say to us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for each one of us to work out in our lives, Father. And I thank you, Lord, today will be like a new day for each one of us, where we step out in more of what you have because of your power. Amen. So if you just want to take a seat... We're carrying on the, um, the themes of living like Jesus. So today, the, the topic or the, the name of today's talk is about living as a disciple. Because Jesus foremost and, and lived as a disciple because he lived based upon what his father told him to do and, was, was, and how, what the Holy Spirit was saying t- to him. But I want to really tie into some of the messages we've heard over the last three or four weeks because I don't know about you, some of those messages have been amazing in terms of what God has said. So a few weeks ago we heard about, we, we heard Roger and Bola talk about consecration, about how we consecrate our lives and how we have God as the centre of what we do. And then we had Kevin a couple of weeks ago talk about obedience and, and, and fear of the Lord and, and what that did in did in our lives and then last week with Pastor Colin around God's purpose for our lives and free will and how we just try and bring those together I'm going to try and be be practical I'll try and be funny I'm not always funny but I try and be funny just because I feel that sometimes that just releases us and opens our heart to where God wants us to be Um, but also I want today to be a day where you know what God is, is, is saying to you specifically to you and that lie of, well, that's okay for everybody else, but I'm just come on a Sunday, that's going to change today. So I'll ask you a question. Are you comfortable? Well, God doesn't want you to be comfortable. <laughs> he wants you to be fruitful, okay? So I sort of tricked you into that. But he does want you to be fruit- fruitful. But how do we live out that? Because we hear about being fruitful. How do, we, how do we live that out, okay? I'm going to mainly read today out of the truth so you can follow if you want but they should come behind me on the screen because I just want to read out the truth because it's 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 very very simple in its way but also in a language that talks to you that just speaks to your heart today that's relevant if you haven't got a truth bible I would encourage you to buy one they're at the back they're sold in this bookshop we have it will just help you in from the new testament just easier to hear what God is saying to you so I would encourage that especially for you new guys that were probably around or part of Kingdom Faith when that was released it will really really help you so I'd encourage that and Pastor Colin can share the royalties with me later on that one <laughs> so <laughs> or, or not as the case may be <laughs> so in John 5 this is where I want to start okay I can do nothing on my own When I judge, I do so correctly because I hear what my father is saying. For I have no desire to please myself, but only him, for he sent me. So the first thing we get from that is that that Jesus was dependent upon the father. 
He was dependent on the Father. He had no desire to please himself. And when I read that, I was like, ooh, ouch. I have every desire to want to please myself. I often use that phrase with the kids, oh, please yourself. You know, if you don't want to do it, please yourself. And, you know, I spend a lot of my time trying to please myself. But the word is very, very clear. Jesus lived in perfect obedience, okay? And he had no desire to please himself but to come and to serve. And listening to what Jonathan was saying this morning around life discovery, that is the heart of what they want to do. They want to serve people. So you have an opportunity to tell them the truth. That was a very interesting quote from C.S. Lewis about that actually we we go out there and we, we we have a gift to want to give to people, to see their lives set free and for, and, and for restoration of relationship with God. But most people are completely oblivious to it. And how do we make those connections? And that's a question that all of us are going to have to ask for our own lives. And maybe getting involved in life discovery is a way for you to do it. But maybe inviting your neighbours round or whatever for dinner and just building relationship is a way to do it. I'll let God talk to you about that for specifically for you. Um, in Galatians 2, there's a lot of, we're going we're to run through quite a lot of scripture today, okay? Because I want the word to, to, to speak to you. Because it's not about what I say, it's about what the Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal to you for what you're going to do in your life. And you'll have some decisions to make today. I want to be, be very clear that, that, that whenever I preach or talk up here, I, want, I don't want there to be any grey areas. I always want it to be black and white. Because God is very black and white with me. I'm either obedient... Or I'm not. There's no semi-obedience here. It's, it's about I either am or I'm not. Okay? And that's how he speaks with me. So I, uh, as I have the microphone today, I'm going to share that with you, with you. Christ has set us free to live in freedom. So stand fast in that freedom. And do not allow yourselves to be yoked again in slavery. Listen carefully. I, Paul, tell you clearly that if you allow yourselves to become legalistically religious again, Christ will be no value of you. I say it again to everyone. If you have become legalistic, you are obligated to obey every aspect of the religious law. For those of you who are trying to make yourselves acceptable through obeying the religious code have become separated for Christ. You have deserted the life of grace. For it is by the spirit that we eagerly await the hope of eternal acceptance by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither being Jew nor Gentile is any significance. All that matters is that you live a life of faith that is expressed in a life of love for God and others. It continues in Galatians. Brothers, you were called to live in freedom, but do not use your freedom from legalism as an opportunity to do whatever you like or do nothing. No, instead, serve one another as the outworking of your love for one another. For the whole law of the whole of the law can be filled through obedience to the one command that says, You are to love your neighbour as yourself. And this is quite interesting, I've never seen this before. However, if you fight and snap at one another, you better watch out or you will destroy each other. Yeah. Interesting thing there. We sometimes skip over that bit. Okay? So living as a disciple has something to do with obedience and discipline. How do we correlate freedom and obedience together? Because there's a lie in the world that if, we, if we're obedient to something, we've lost freedom. But actually being obedient to God is where true freedom is found. Because he knows, and that's why Jesus said, I do nothing except for what what the Father tells me. If I'm obedient, I'm free. 
But if not, but the world, what we're conditioned from the world is, is it's your choice, it's your life. You can decide this, you can decide wherever, whatever you are. But it doesn't work like that. It's, it's defined by what God says. Laying down one of our, li- our lives for each other is, is, is about serving. But disciples reproduce themselves. Jesus reproduced in his disciples the things that the Father showed him. And that's what our lives about that's the journey that we go on so today i'm going to ask you a few questions we're all friends here aren't we well, we are now we'll see what you think after the questions because i want to see what god is saying to you okay so so i've had to this week i've really god has been speaking to me just about how he wants each one of us to move forward if you've come here today and you think to yourself oh, i'll be another sunday there'll be some nice worship they'll share some things have some 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 cup of a nice cup of coffee at the end or tea if that's your choice you've missed the whole that is part of why we come together to have fellowship but we've missed a whole part of why we're here completely missed it and i just want to unpack that with you okay so these are the questions i want you to ask yourself today are you going to believe what god says to you are you teachable you don't have to answer the the rhetorical questions because i know you are because you go to kingdom faith so of course you're going to believe what god says to you the questions will come is are you going to do anything about it but we'll come on to that in a minute are you teachable and open to god to change you to maybe change change your mind maybe you sat there watching that life discovery video and you've always thought to yourself i couldn't get involved i couldn't be involved in that sort of thing that's a lie and maybe god's saying to you this morning you could be involved you can make a difference and they need you so don't say there's no opportunities. Are you going to do what he is asking of you? Are your decisions based about what God has said or the circumstances you find yourself in? Are you waiting for God? But has God actually spoken to you and he's waiting for you to take the first step? The last time I preached, I did a throwaway comment around um, parenting. I don't know why I got into it, but I just said something. I said I'd do a parenting talk. This isn't going to be it, okay? Um, Because actually, on a lot of levels, I'm not quite sure what I would say. But but when I've been doing this, doing this, God has been showing me the, the the correlation between how we disciple, how God disciples us, and also how how with our children, how we are with our children. And the beauty about having children is is well, you go to the hospital, you haven't got them, and then they give them to you, and you take them away. So there's no question about your responsibility, whether you, you have a responsibility for them. And we know that with our children. But do we know that as a, as a body of believers, that we're actually responsible for each other in the same way? We're a family. And families help family. Okay, We have our differences, and we have our, our good times and our bad times. But family, there's those un denying bonds that hold us together and that's the same for a body of people that's why why jesus uses uses that phrase because god wants us to reach our full potential in the same way that we want to 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 reach our children to reach our full potential so if you're having problems with your kids or you're thinking about certain things or just challenging because they are challenging and, and and but to be honest they think we're challenging too okay um just see if any of these principles speaking to you about it because it is about seeing people reach their full potential but also whilst you're doing it what god is saying to you so i just want to explain explain a little principle that that you know in terms of what we know we know that there's two ways that we work out our life okay there's a way that we have this relationship with god 
this way, where God is speaking to us and that is that relationship, you know, about putting God first in our lives. But also we express that in the second command, you know, the second commandment that was added um, in terms of how we love each other and how we express that out to other, to other people um, and how God works that out in our life. And I just want to talk about the lie of, 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 of thinking that life is a test, that we get a pass or a fail. Because I don't see that in the I don't see that in the scripture. What I hear God talk about is the refining process that He takes us through, how He takes us from one degree of glory to another. So, so I I I often talk about this with the students around and uh, around the refining process. It's very biblical. In Zechariah, it talks about I will put in I will put them in the fire and refine them, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. So I just want to use this analogy. Um, around gold okay in terms of how gold is refined okay so we know that God refines us this way when we're with him and he says and and you're convicted and you just know sometimes God puts his finger right on the thing that you don't want him to do and we repent and we go through it but sometimes we don't realize that he also does it in our workings with other people and you may have a pray today you know I want to move forward in what you have for me God Okay, and then tomorrow you might be in small group, and there's a really, really annoying person in your small group because some people are, and some people have got things in their in their lives that are going on, and some people, and if you if you don't know who the annoying person in your small group is, it's probably you. Um, <laughs> um, but God puts things in our. In our, in, in our journey, okay? So I want, you know, I'll just, just want to talk about what God is doing as a body, okay? Because actually, we get in those scenarios, and I don't know about you, but I sometimes think, I wish they would change, I wish they would be like this. And actually, God's saying to me, yes, but I'm not talking to you about them. I'm talking to you about you. I'm showing you about you and how you're going to respond to stuff, okay? And we sometimes pray, I want to be loving and more patient and kind to people. And... Um, I was going to say, that's what mother-in-laws are for, to teach that, but she'll listen to this later on and I'll get into trouble. But that's also what son-in-laws are for, because I'm sure I've taught her how to be more patient and loving and kind. Because, because, because that's what... The, well, I have. I know I have. Because she tells me. Um, but we have a responsibility for God for our relationships, but we also have a responsibility for how we work our relationships out with each other. Our relationship with him... And our relationship with us. And that's why it's important that you're part of a living body. And we're not Christians on our own. Because we, we can go and work that out between us and God. But actually we have, to, we have to live it out together. And that's not easy sometimes. And I don't think it's supposed to be easy. I think it's supposed to be challenging. Because God wants to change things in our lives. So ask yourself this question. What is God trying to refine? Is it, refine? Is it a change in me? Or a change in them? Or both? He refines us from nine karat gold to 18 karat gold, because, not because he doesn't love you or we've done anything wrong, but because he loves us and he wants to see us more fruitful in our lives. And when I made that joke about, are you comfortable? Okay, Because when I prayed this morning, God said he wants to come against that spirit of comfortableness in our life. Yes. Because we are very comfortable here. We get great teaching. We get great word. And I've realised that when I, when I go away somewhere and we have conversations with other people, what we've become accustomed to and what we've become comfortable to us. And it's great, but it's got to be so that. 
Where is the so that in our lives? Why do we have this word? Why do we, we have these things? So that we go and see people and make a difference in people's lives. So that God refines us. Okay? So I, I googled refining. Okay? And I bored Katie with this yesterday. Refining of gold. And it talks about carrots. Now I never knew, not carrots as in Bugs Bunny carrots. Carrot, C-A-R-A-T. A carrot is a 124th of purity. So I never knew that. So if, you're, if you've got nine carat gold, you're saying it's nine twenty-fourths pure. Or if you've got 18 carat gold, it's 18 twenty-fourths or 75%. Okay? And when God talks about refining in our life, I just want to ask a, a silly but simple question. You don't, don't talk to anybody about this, but ask yourself today, what carrot am I? <laughs> Was that a laugh or did someone fall asleep? Ask yourself the question, what carrot am I today? Be honest with yourself. Because don't be dismayed, because there's a, God has a plan to change that in your life. Because today is a new day, and he wants to take you on a journey of process, of changing things in your, in your life. And the reality is, is we can only disciple people who come in or see lives change to the level of the carrot, if you want to use that phrase, in our own lives. So why is that so important right now? Pastor Colin said last week, we're not here to, for ourselves, we're here to disciple others. So can I put it this way, is that God wants to sort some things out in our lives. So when people come in, we can be, we can be part of the, the, the answer to sort some things out in their lives. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. The pressure or the things that God's dealing with in your life and my life today is because he has so much more for us. And we need to come for that from a faith point of view, okay? But how does God do that in our lives? So on the next scripture, I'm just going to read from John 3.16. So in the same way, because God loved the people of the world... He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not die eternally, shall not die, yeah, but have God's gift of eternal life instead. So God did not send his life into the world to condemn everyone, but to save from people through the condemnation of faith. The command I give you to obey is simply this, love one another in the same way that I have loved you. No greater love exists and is expressed in your willingness to lay down your life for your friends. If you obey what I command command you, then you will be my friends. I no longer refer to you as servants, but it's not a servant's place to know his master's business. And I've skipped on to the next one, which comes in together. But no, I have called you my friends, because I have relayed to you whatever the Father has revealed to me. You did not choose me. No, I, it was I who chose you. So each one of us today, sat in here, has been chosen by God. We've been chosen. And if you don't know God, he's saying today that he's chosen you. You'll have an opportunity later on to, to see what God is, is, is saying to you. But he chose you to belong to him. But then it says this. I, but I, I, don't, but I, not, I not only chose you to belong to me, I also commission you to go and bear fruit that will be of eternal significance. And for me, the challenge was, have I got stuck before the, what is it, it's, before the comma, or whatever that is. I'm not very good at punctuation. Brilliant. <laughs> but I not only chose you to belong to me, we all know we belong to him. We all know that he saved us. 
but it's more. There's, there's a second part to this. I also commission you to go and bear fruit that will be of internal significance. So the question you should be asking yourself today, and I put it to you, is, is not should I be bearing fruit, but how should I be bearing fruit? Because that's what the word says. He has commissioned each and every single one of us to, to bear fruit for eternal significance. And that's seeing other people saved or other people being raised up in what they have for them so they go and see other people saved. And then it says this, as you go to do that, the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So don't worry about how I'm going to do, how it's going to happen. Just go is what it's saying. Our life experiences condition us to the way that we react to things. And sometimes we overcompensate in the way that we are to others because of that. Maybe as a you know, people react to what their parents do. They're either going to love what they do or they're going to completely do it the other way based upon their own experiences. But God wants to work some of that stuff through us, out of us, get it out of us because you don't even realise sometimes that you're, that you're doing it. And it's really, really important that we realise that God's refining is part of his plan for us. It's not because we've done anything wrong. Is actually the plan he has for us. We, we don't take a test in life. We're on a journey. We're on a journey. We start somewhere. And if we get something wrong, there's a, there's a brilliant, well, it's not a backstop, but there's a, you know, in the sense of that's what repentance and forgiveness is for. The blood washes everything clean. God has got a plan. If you get something wrong and we make a mistake before God or we sin, we just sort it out with him and we sort it out with others. Why we, why we trick ourselves, it doesn't matter and it'll be okay because actually we, we then live with that. Let's, let's, let's use what God gave us to use, which is if you've done something wrong, go and put it right with your brother. Repent and ask him to do it. Everything's sorted there. We move forward. In Corinthians, it says this. If I can find it. These are the qualities of love, of love God gives us. His love in us enables us to be patient and kind. When motivated by his love, we do not envy others, neither do we boast, nor are we proud. God's love in us is not rude, nor self-seeking. We are not roused to anger quickly, and we certainly do not keep a mental record of the wrongs others have committed. God, that one really, 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 really affected me. Because not only that, I used to write them down. I didn't keep a mental record. I used to write them down. And, and I joke about it, but it was true. I, I do, and I have to be careful that actually that is written there for me, for you, because that's what we do sometimes. So God is, is the plan that he has for us of working out is written down. When God's love works through us, we take no delight in what he regards as evil. Rather, we rejoice in the truth that, always, that sets people free from evil. Those who truly love always protect others. They always trust and are always full of hope. They also always persevere regardless of the circumstances. So God's love never fails us. So God loved us first and we ought to love one another. And we don't, and we've heard over the last few weeks, we're not here to live our lives for ourselves. We're here to, to live our lives for other people. And in Revelation, it, talks, it says this. I advise you to buy from me gold that has been refined by fire. See what I did with the gold? 
I'd never seen that before in this verse. There's a, there, what God is talking about refining. So buy from me the gold has been refined, that you may be truly rich, and white robes to wear that will prevent your nakedness from being exposed, and salve for your eyes to enable you to see clearly. I correct and discipline all those I love, so repent and become hot. Do you see the dealings of God in your life as positive or negative? Because I'll be honest with you, I used to see them as, oh, no, I've got it wrong again, and God's dealing with me. And now I don't see it as that. I often have conversations in our office. We pray for something to change, and then loads of things seem to happen. It's because God is changing things, and he's dealing with stuff. And that's fine, because we move through that to to the other side. And, and some of you might be sitting there thinking, I've been like this for years. Why do I need to change? I'm saved. And what God is saying to us today as a church, it was good enough for then, but it's not good enough for today. It's not good enough for now. There was a word over Kingdom Faith that was said at Faith Camp um, on the last night. And those of you weren't there. And, and it was from Andy Elms. And he shared about, um, the, behold, the cloud of, of glory is moving. The cloud of glory is moving, okay, over King of God is moving on and we need to follow him in what he's doing. He's got more things for us to do. And, 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 and if, you, if you're a member of this church or you're thinking of becoming a member of this church and you think it's going to be a nice church to come and not do stuff, it may not be the best place for you, right? Can I say that in love? There's two things you can do. You can either pray that we change and we're not going to think that, or, or realise we're going to follow what God says. Because we are always going to follow what God says. And, and when the cloud of glory moved for the Israelites, they packed up their tents and they followed it. And that's a challenge for each one of us today. But things that were good enough for then are not good enough for now. Why? Because he wants to do a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. So this is not a negative thing. So there may be things in your life, uh, there has been for me, where they were acceptable and they, were, they weren't directly sin, but they were compromise or things. And I've had to work through that because God said, no, that was, no, this is the way. He said, you've never said it, you, you've never said it to me before, God. Why, why can't I can carry on that way? Because I've got more for you. I want to do something different. I want to do something different through you. I want to work through you in a different way. That's why I encourage you to read the word. I know I made a, said earlier on about buying, buying the truth Bibles because if you don't have them, but if you've got these at home and they're sat on the, sat on the, the shelf or you've got the, the, the truth for today and it's sat on your shelf and it doesn't do anything, it's not going to achieve anything. It's not going to achieve anything in your life. When we read the word and the Holy Spirit, it changes us. It's a, it's a supernatural thing that changes our lives. So I suggest you get your, your books off that you pretend you want to read and they just look nice on your book and actually spend time read, reading, reading the word and saying to God, what do you want to say to me? What is it you want to speak to me through your word today? I... I've had a couple of conversations over the last few weeks around children and free will, okay, with a couple of church members, and about what it means to to have free will and what do we do with our our children, and is it right to impose stuff in, in the way that we are? And the answer to that question is yes. It's when a child is young, it is, we, we have that responsibility to show them the way to go. 
And when they get older, and this is a bigger challenge for me, you can't, do, you can't deal with them in that way because the circumstances have changed. Because they're not two, and you can do that. They're now 16, and they tower over you, and, and, and they gang up on you and try and beat you up and stuff like that. <laughs> but me and my brother did that to my dad, so I suppose we sowed it. So the point is, is, is that, that our love, okay, for people, there is often a cost to it, okay? And the cost that I've always struggled with love is when it says something about me, when I have to change, okay? And, and I've heard phrases where, and I was talking about this over dinner last night with, with Chris, and about a phrase where, where some guys will say, oh, happy life. Happy wife means a happy life, right? And I get that on one level. But what if it means, oh, well, let's not tell them the truth and we'll just carry on regardless. Ignorance is bliss or, or phrases like, you know, um, I was economical with the truth. They are not biblical. They're not right. They're not biblical. Okay. I think it's very dangerous because, because if I ignore things that are going on in my house, and I believe when I get to heaven, the first thing God's going to say to me is, well, one of the first things he's going to say to me is, <laughs> what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your kids? What did you do with your wife? So it'd be great having challenging conversations with this, but what do you do with your kids and what do you do with your wife? So if God shows them, and that's where discipleship happens. It happens in the home. It happens in our relationships. And a non-refined husband, wife, friend, child, church member means mispotential and fruitfulness in that person's life. And that's the reason why us as a leadership stand up and say some of these things because we don't want you to miss your potential god has got a plan for you for your life god has got a plan for you in your life and it, the lack of response either tells me i've gone on too long or you don't believe it but god has got a plan for you for your life this is what the word says and whether you have a choice today whether you believe that or not i don't know what that is okay but actually, I know what the plan is, what God has for us as a people. And we'll work that out all together as, as individuals. And I just want to just quickly throw this. I just thought about this in terms of with men. Just talking to the men now. So ladies, pretend you're not listening. You know, earlier I said to you, look at the, give yourself a percentage carrot. Give your wife a percentage carrot now. I'm not talking about judging. I'm just saying. Just have a look at that. Because as men in this church, right, we need to stand up as who we are. And if your wife, if in your mind your wife's percentage is higher than yours, God, it's a new day for you today. Because we, we, we are the spiritual head of our household. And we need to live in that way. And we need not to rely. I relied for years on Katie's faithfulness, dragging me along to church to do stuff until God, I suddenly realised one day, what on earth am I playing at? This is what God has for me because I responded to what he was saying to you. So the question I'm asking you today, are you ready for what God has for you as your next steps? In Proverbs 7, it talks about this. As iron sharpen iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Sorry, I've lost my page. I remember a circumstance when Joss was about 14, maybe 13, he's not in here today so I can share it, um, where there was a worship thing that went on 
on a Wednesday, Tuesday night here for the youngsters. And he wouldn't go because he was relatively shy at the time. And this dad had enough and I thought, I'm going to force him. So I picked up his guitar, chucked it in the back of the car, made him get in the car. Oh, he's all crying and all that stuff on the way. And don't make me do it. Don't do it. And I had to, I had to physically, well, I didn't physically force him. He got in the car. I said, I'll pick you up at half eight, you know, slam the door, grunting at you, all that stuff you get from, from your teenagers. And I drove off, right? Those next two hours were the worst two hours of my life. I was sat at home, should I, should I go back and get him? Should I text him? Should I ring him? Should I do that? And, I, and they were really, really hard two hours of my life. Get back and pick him up. It was as if it was the best thing he'd ever been to, right? And, and there was none of that. And he completely oblivious of what I'd been through in those two hours. So I said to him, well, that's all right for you. And he said things like, I wish I'd been before, which just wound me up even more. <laughs> um, if I'm honest. Um, but God wasn't... Sh See, I thought it was about him. It wasn't about him. It was about me. Because it showed me my insecurities or wh how I wanted to deal with him in, in those scenarios. And I was like, should I go back and get him? And, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Um, I needed to trust God that God had the right thing for him and to do the right thing and not try and make it easy for him, but just to, just to trust it, over, put him over to God. And that's really hard when your kids go from this age to that age. But it's the same with each of us. And I've realised so many times that when I have conversations with people, that, that what's going on in me is as important as what's going on in them. Because actually God's saying to me, see how you deal with stuff? See how you deal with stuff? And that's sometimes why we try, why we, why, why we retrench back. Why we don't want to be in life. Because actually it brings up things in yourself that you, God is talking to and that is the point of it. Yeah. Don't run away from it. That's the point of it. If you, go to, if you go to a small group and you have those relationships with somebody and it's difficult, okay, fine. Just push through. It'll sort its way out. You'll, you'll work it out and God will do something in you and God will do something in them because God wants to deal with stuff in our lives and heal us from the past and the things that are going on because if it's happening today, it's present in our lives. And that's why everyone in this church needs to do freedom. Because if we're going to have loads of people come through these doors and hear what we've got to do, we've got to free people lead free people. And, and, and we don't put freedom on just because it's a, it's a great thing to do. It is a great thing to do. It's because we know it's part of what God wants to do in our lives to see other people set free. And, and I've asked them to put up a... You may have seen this a few times before. Can you put up these, the slide for this? Our discipleship pathway. We all, we all, we, we've heard about this, but this is the mechanics of how it works. So we see people know God. They then go through a process of living in freedom. And then they discover their purpose. And then they go and make a difference. And that's the making a difference is seeing people's other, other people's lives changed. But the, but the reality is, is while, we, while we're in three and four, other people are in one and two around our lives. And then they move from one and two to three and four. And do you know what? They find out, they bring other people in who are in one and two. And, th and then we go through this process. So it becomes a self, you know, self-feeding process because that's how God is going is to bring people to be saved. Because we're going to reach them, okay? We're going to go and talk to them, show them we're going to live them live in our lives and we're going to prove the reality of God and God is going to impact their lives in the same way that life discovery is. So life discovery is a feeder to number one. But actually, life discovery for you could be number three or four. 
So if you're thinking, well, how do I discover my purpose? Or how do I make a difference? Well, go and join something that is. It's number one for some people, but it might be number three or number four for you. Why does God want to do this? Why is he talking to us at this point in time? What is the so what? It's because there's other people out there that need to hear and meet with him. And see the truth of who he is to be saved. To be, to be set free from what's going on in their lives. In 1 John 3.16, it says this. We have a way of knowing what true love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is true love. And we ought, therefore, to lay down our lives for our brothers in true love. We believe for the benefit of others. It's horrible to actually realise. But actually, do you know what? I found it's the most... When, when you see people's lives changed, and through the Alpha course that we've been running over the last two times, we, we total up the, num- the numbers. There's 15 people have come to know Jesus through the two Alpha courses. We've run it twice through the three courses. That, that makes everything worthwhile. Yeah. People coming to know Jesus, that, that's what we live for. Not, not, not at the expanse of us growing in our relationship with God and improving our carrot percentage. But that makes us more effective. The two go hand in hand. God refining us into everything, more into his glory and people seeing safe and set free. That's, that's the way that, it, that, it, that it's designed to be. Yeah. When you refine gold, do you know what the first thing that happens is? The dross comes to the surface. And sometimes when God refines us, the first thing we realise is the dross coming to the surface in our own lives. <laughs> Horrible, isn't it? And we can run away from the process or we can step into the process. Because it's not because God skims it away. He's, he, he, he chose us knowing full well what we were like. But he still wants to refine us. And often we run away from it. And maybe this is happening in you right now. Maybe I'm saying things to you or the Holy Spirit is bringing things up in your life. Don't run away from it because God has a plan. He's doing this because he wants you to be more fruitful in your life. So he will work through you. He'll have given him more of, of, of who you are and he works that through you to affect other people. I've rambled a bit. I know I have and I've missed half of the things I want to say. However, I just want us to stand. I want us to respond to God today. Just stand. I asked the band to come up. I just want us to spend. I know. I know it's 29 minutes past. I just want us to. The, our response. Hearing the word is great. It's really, really good. But it's our response that is really important. You know, Jesus died for you on that on that cross. But if we never respond to that, knowing it isn't the same as responding to do it and, and letting it affect our lives. So just just close your eyes. I just want to. While they play, I'm just gonna. Just want to just say some things but just ask the Holy Spirit just to bring up anything in you now that he wants to deal with in your life not because you've done anything wrong you may have done things wrong and if you have repent and put it right and move on don't make a big thing of it it's very clear you repent and you move forward don't allow that lie to let to hold you to because once it's done it's as if it's, and you repent it's as if it never happened that's the truth of what the word says 
if you keep tripping over things of your, of the, over the same old thing, make a decision today that today is a day of change. You're going to believe what he says. He says, you have been crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but he lives in you. God wants to set us all more free so that we reach the world that's out there. He loves you. He died for you to all restore relationship with him. And you have a choice today to believe whether you want to believe that or not or step into it. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, today you have an opportunity to make a first step. If your heart is pumping and you don't know what that is and you think, what is this guy talking about at the front? He's talking about the plan of why you were here. You were here to have a relationship with God. And Jesus has given a way to restore that relationship with God. And if that's you, I'd encourage you to come and talk to me me and some other guys at the end where we can just talk to you a bit more about that. If you know that there's something that there's something going on and God is real and what your next steps are, let's come and talk to you, talk to us about it at the end. For everyone else here who know Jesus, maybe you marked yourself at nine carat gold. The marking where you are isn't the point. The point is, are you comfortable with where you are? Have you got to nine carat gold or 18 carat gold? It's a silly analogy, but you get the point and you're comfortable with it. Because what you're saying is, is I don't want to move on with what God has in my life. Whether you're at nine or 18 and God wants us to move on He wants to deal with things in our life. So we move forward. So respond to the Holy Spirit today. Don't run away from things. God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He wants you to be fruitful in him. So allow him to work in our lives. Let's allow him to, let's make a decision. We're going to allow him to work in our lives. The choice we have today, right, is whether we, follow the cloud of glory that's moving because God has made that decision he's moving whether we choose to follow him or not is a personal choice but the cloud is moving either way and I don't know about you I don't want to be where God's cloud isn't it may have been here and that may have been good but there's something more that is being demanded of us so we're just gonna we just just get before God now ask him to bring those things up and just deal with in your heart what are you doing? We're going, to sing a, we're, going to, we're going to sing a response song. But this is very impersonal for you, between you and God. Whatever I've said here, whatever's come up, you just respond to him. Put things right and make a decision in your heart today what you are going to do. And that will start that journey with him. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Just make the decision to take the first step and he will make it happen. in our lives is our walk with Jesus and our relationship with him and it's a position of our hearts where we're saying God I want to I want to live in relationship with you where you have the full um, I'm giving you the full um, access 
to speak and to work and to move, to refine, to do whatever you want to do in me. And so we need to just pray a little bit more rather than, it's, it's great to worship the Lord, but this is about surrendering to Him and how He works and moves in our lives. So you can come to the front, you can go to the sides in the aisles, you can kneel down, but I believe we need to position ourselves and actually spend some a few minutes just responding and talking to the Lord and just bringing ourselves afresh to Him, saying, Father, I surrender to You. Holy Spirit, I want to give You total permission to work, to refine, to move. If you know you have certain areas in your life where you say, Father, I, I've not been so open. I've, I've, I've settled. I've got comfortable. And Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning that you're unsettling. You've been speaking and stirring me to move me out of being comfortable into a place where, where the cry in my heart and the longing in my heart is, Father, refine me, work in me, revive me. Do what you want to do so that I live in you. I live with my heart set towards you, going forward with you. So if you know this morning you, you've settled, just make a decision in your heart. Father, I should forgive me that I'm settled. I've got used to being where I'm, I'm at. I realize I'm just going through my life day to day, doing this, doing that, and doing the other. Thank you, Father, that you're stirring afresh in me in these last few weeks and this morning to stir me out of being comfortable but actually being passionate and with a hunger and a desire to go after you in a fresh way. Because the Bible says, as we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. As we desire Him, then we see Him reciprocate and work in us in response to the desire that we have. So let's just take a few moments. You can't think this stuff. You have to put words to what is in your heart right now. You have to put words to your response right now. So let's respond to him and you respond right now with the whatever the cry is in your heart at the moment. Father, I don't want to stay as nine carat gold. Continue to work to bring the dross to the surface. Continue to refine so that there's a purity of heart and motive and thinking and desires and longings in my life. Primarily to know you because that's the source of the desires that he wants to then flow in our lives. I don't want mixture, Father. I don't want mixture in my life where one minute I'm saying I'm going after you, but then I'm looking over here and doing this, that, and the other. Father, I don't want there to be mixture. Forgive me for any mixture that's been going on. Father, I choose to set my heart after you in a fresh way. We work things out firstly with the Lord, vertically, but then we must work things out horizontally in people's lives. Father, start with me, work in my heart. So there's no sense of blame towards others. I'm going to take responsibility in my own heart and life. I'm not going to blame somebody else or blame the church or blame this, that or the other. I want to take responsibility in my own heart and respond in the right way to you and towards others. doesn't want us to judge ourselves and say well how am I doing how am I doing how am I doing am I he doesn't want us to search ourselves for stuff that's the Holy Spirit's job to search ourselves it's good to say hey uh, at the moment probably doing nine carat stuff at the moment I could be doing 18 that's good to have a sober judgment in that sense but in the middle of that it's like Holy Spirit 
invite you afresh, have total permission to refine, to work, to lead, to guide. Holy Spirit, show me when my thinking is going awry. Holy Spirit, when something's going on relationally with somebody or I'm in a context and I start having a bit of a thing going off in my head and my heart towards somebody, Father, Holy Spirit, I'm quick to remind me. So I'm like, I put the stops on that and say, no, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to point the finger. Actually, I want to take the log out of my own eye before looking at the speck in someone else's. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that refining process. Father, I know it's because you want me to be more fruitful in my marriage, with my family, in my friendships and relationships, in my workplace, at school, at college, or wherever I am. I thank you, call me to be more fruitful, my neighbours and my friends and those I'm with. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just thank Him for what He's doing in your life at this time, during these days. Thank Him for what He's doing this morning. Holy Spirit, I invite your refining fire today, tomorrow, when I get up, when I spend time with you, as I lift your refining fire tomorrow and on Tuesday, on Wednesday. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to take hold of the life that I have already on the inside. And that's the life that I want to be breaking out in every way. So I live with the mind of Christ. I live with your desires and longings and motives. That they're the things that trump everything else in my heart and life. That I don't respond to the circumstances around my life. I respond to you first and foremost. So that how I then live through the circumstances honours you, glorifies you, blesses others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the fruit of your spirit, your character, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control. Thank you that that flows because it's your nature and your character that is at work in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just all lift our hands to the Lord. Should we just lift our hands like we're just surrendering, saying, Father, I thank you that you grace me to live as a child of God. You grace me to live as a son of God. I thank you that you grace me to live powered by your Holy Spirit, enabled by your Holy Spirit to live today, to live this week in the way you've called me to. Father, I thank you for your word that you constantly remind me through the week because your word is living and active. It's being released into my life. I thank you it's not going to become a memory that was last Sunday, but I'm going to live with your now word in the now, in the moment by moment way that I walk and live with you. I thank you, Jesus. I praise your awesome name. Come on, let's thank the Lord, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise your name. Father, thank you for the word that Simon's brought this morning. I thank you you've spoken into our hearts and lives. We praise your awesome, mighty, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to thank the Lord for what he's been saying to you this morning? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.